Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. This week on Shelf Aware, we are starting a brand new unit. Em has brought to us uh, on, um, what was it you said? Furry sleuths. Uh, Furry sleuths, yes. Yeah, so cozy mysteries that involve uh, an animal helping with the detecting in some way, shape, or form. And we are reading this book, Dog On It by spencer quinn but also i think that's a pen name for someone like peter abrams i think or something like that uh google was confusing me i didn't bother googling because i felt that anything i learned about them would probably just make me more upset so (laughs) oh you love this book then is what i'm Mm -hmm. hearing Mm -hmm. (laughs) so why don't you tell people perhaps who haven't been listening to the podcast for more than two or three episodes why you don't like uh this kind of book Well, so we all know that I don't like mysteries because (laughs) uh, I feel that they are self-masturbatory on the part. I guess it would just be masturbatory. Yeah, I was going to say who? (laughs) um, It's a masturbatory on the part of the author. It's a group masturbatory Yeah, everybody's masturbatorying together. (laughs) The reader gets Um. to feel like they're smart for guessing the twist. The writer gets to feel smart for Mm -hmm. coming up with one. (laughs) It's, I've used this analogy many times, it's, solving an escape room that you yourself created it's not impressive (laughs) uh it it just is very silly to me and i don't enjoy i don't enjoy mysteries in general have Mm -hmm. there been Mm -hmm. an occasional mystery that i have liked yes but we not because of the mystery (laughs) but not because of the mystery usually because there's kissing in it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. we continue looking at you deanna rayborn (laughs) (laughs) we continue on the path of trying to uh discover a, a subgenre of mystery that might appeal to me. Um, and I went with this one because I was actually looking up a list of weird genres. Like it was like genres you've never heard of and furry sleuth was on it. And I was like, that's definitely about furries, right? It's not. Um, but I was interested enough to check it out. And we have in the past read mm-hmm. a furry sleuth, uh, novel yeah, way back, in way the back with, a. Mm-hmm the ghost cat i don't think the it was called the ghost mystery. cat um it was called something else but i, can't I don't remember, remember. It it's episode like three you guys yeah. can go look it up for way us. back in the day um uh-huh. but yeah so that's that was kind of my thought process with this this particular unit i have no experience outside mm-hmm. of that book with this particular subgenre, um so i wasn't really sure what to expect going in aside from mm-hmm. mystery so far not impressed i have to say yeah, this I don't think uh, was a particularly good example no, to bring was, to you. This was um, upsetting for several reasons. Yeah, I was not expecting the dog to be the narrator. And maybe that was on me for not looking into this book at all before starting reading it. But um, that was that was interesting. I don't think I liked it for a mystery. This was one that was suggested on a few different lists for this subgenre. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very well known. For... And I was like dog point of view love that let's go um my particular issues with this were there are kind of two camps mm-hmm. one was the camp of like i felt like this author's politics don't exactly align with my own um <laughs> i'm looking him up right now to check out to see if he's secretly he's 75 so well, um, chances I mean, are not you know uh yeah. that was kind of the one camp um which putting all that aside the other camp was, I don't think this works. 
Uh, <laughs> it could have worked, but it's not working because of the choices that the author is making. Um, yes. Specifically the whole conceit of, like, detective duo where one of them is a dog and the other one is a human who doesn't really consider the dog part of the detective duo, but the dog does, <laughs> is, like, a cute, funny idea, right? But then, like, <sighs> the human character was so bad, um, <laughs> and... The, that could have been fun if the dog is just kind of being like, oh my gosh, I love my human and he does this stuff and isn't that so great? And like, it's very clearly a joke and the author is like, get it? Because the human sucks. But I don't think the author felt that way. I think the author was like, this guy is a cool guy. <laughs> and I was very much <laughs> not of that opinion. Um, uh, see, I didn't have a huge issue with him, but I will say I think my reading of this book suffered because I was not about to shell $13 out for this book sure. uh, on the Kindle store. And I could not find a digital copy of it from my library or like Scribd or Hoopla or anything other the services I use for that purpose. So I could only get the audiobook, And I think I was a little bit more detached from the uh, narrative because of that. I just I thought he was just like this plain piece of paper guy. Like to me, he was a nothing man. No, um, I think he's definitely a men's rights activist. I, okay. I could, I'm trying to think of like specific scenes, not to say that you're wrong. I, All of I the time am just divorce... trying to like jog my own memory of anything that could define this man as someone with a personality. All of the times that divorce is mentioned and he mm-hmm. uh, stiffens or, or gets upset, like the dog is seeing him get like visibly mm. upset about like, oh, you just uh, comparing himself to the other divorce characters and basically Mm. the vibe being like, oh, this poor man who had his child taken away from him. Um, What a heartless woman who took away this child sort of like is how it's being very much how it read to me. Mm. Um, Also, some of the things he says like uh, about how the population is. He does have a thing for the good old days, doesn't he? Um, not only the good old days, he specifically <laughs> says that like the, po- the population is too high. We can't support our own population. Why are we letting other people come here? Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah. I did not hear that. There's, wow. Yeah. There is a, a very specific stance that it's very gross. And it's all like he's saying this stuff, talking out loud to the dog. And the dog is just kind of there being like, I don't get what he's upset about. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need you to just take a second. <laughs> yeah, which so, is a little bit distressing to like have ha- have that have your read of the character the the human character be that way because then the main POV is such like they adore they're so in exactly. love with their owner and that, it, that I could see how that would be very annoying and uh, just like frustrating to read like no we shouldn't like this man right. go away and have a new owner like which like <laughs> it could also have been played. F- like as a joke sort of thing of like obviously the dog is obsessed with his own his owner because mm-hmm. the dog is a dog and doesn't understand politics but we all get it but there that's not present it's not like right. the owner is kind of a shithead and the dog is like such a good sweet boy who just doesn't understand that he's a shithead but the audience is supposed to get it it, it is we are supposed to be on the human owner's side like mm-hmm. he is he is very classic mystery novel 
detective. Of, yes, I do. I do agree with that. Uh huh. Like, of just like troubled man, drinking tr- problem. Troubled man, <laughs> but kind of a genius in his own way, mm-hmm. and also Can fight like so good. Like it doesn't matter that he's troubled because he's just so good at his job. Like mm-hmm. that sort and of. And he thing. can play the ukulele. And he can play the ukulele. <sighs> so soft. And, you know, women are all kind of interested in him. Um, um, for like, why? For why? But why? For why? For what reason? Uh, yeah. It, mm. it very much read to me like this author had recently gone through a divorce and was dealing with that in a very weird way. Let's make the two women characters in this book look bad all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> also, like, the dog narrator, the dog narrator himself mm-hmm. was like... there were so many things about women like there were so many i don't did you pick up on all of the times that he described like humans do this a lot especially human women that was a human woman thing i didn't really get it like it was very (laughs) it was very like women are so impossible to understand even this dog doesn't get it ha 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 men are from mars women are from women venus, are from du- sort of venus. Thing. that's what it is yeah and i just was over it like, <laughs> it was my rough. biggest complaint about this book is that the the length of this book and the in mm-hmm. in the solving of the mystery and the conclusion of this mystery heavily relies on the reader also being a dog and yes. having the memory of a dog because yes. <laughs> the whole thing is like revealed at the beginning yeah. but because the dog cannot tell the owner what it is he saw and did and knows we have to follow this owner bumbling along trying to solve this mystery and like we already know the answer Right. He solved it. The dog solved it, but the dog can't tell you he solved it. So why? <laughs> Even before the whole like dog napping part of it, I was like, "Yeah, is is this dude? Is this dude? It's the he dad. He's thing? suspicious as fucking hell." Not like, even it was the dad. I was like, "The dad's in some shady business, and they kidnapped the kid for money." Yeah. Like, and that's exactly what it was. I was like, "There's no twist at all." No. At all, even a little bit. No, yeah. like I would and then it just feel keeps bad. getting proved over and over again. This mystery is solved like four right. times, right? <laughs> and it's just like I again, I can see where like conceptually that could have been cool and interesting, mm-hmm. but it it's definitely not to me a like typical like you can't do it as a typical mystery where you are you are presenting it as like a the audience is going to have to, you know, figure it out as you go, whatever mm-hmm. sort of thing. You have to present it as like something else. I don't know. It just it doesn't yeah. it doesn't fit the mystery genre, I feel like. But I don't know what else it is, you know? It's, yeah, this is. Yeah, I <laughs> it was I don't know. I, I I agree. It's not like it's not your typical mystery where clues are given to you little by little and you piece them together. It is fully solved and then we continue to have 200 more pages of book um it's it's kind of like because there are some other books i've heard i don't read them so i don't know that have done similar things of like it's not about what happened it's about how it happened and it's like you you mm-hmm. know the answer but you got to see how we get there sort of thing and it's like yeah i guess but also it wasn't interesting any of the how no. we got there it was completely predictable from the information we had mm-hmm. in the like first five minutes of being involved in this mystery none of the characters were compelling enough for me 
Um, I mean, Chet is just, he's, it, he's a dog, but like, you know, he doesn't have a lot of stuff going on personality wise. Cause he's just a simple dog, right? It's like a smart a dog. dog, but still just a dog with the, with the thoughts and worries of a dog. Right. right? It was like, it was a little bit too much smart. Like it was like, yeah. So it, that's a problem we, we came up with when we read the, um, the dog dying book. What was that one? Dog's um, purpose. Dog's purpose. Yeah. It's like how... How human do you make dog when dog right. is narrator? And I feel like this was significantly more human. Yes. And I think Both we were... To, to its, de- like, detriment because right. it was... Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I want this to be a dog. I want it to be dog. Yeah. That was the whole premise of the book was it's dog. And if, if it or had Or take been, a paranormal stance and say, now dog can talk to human. <laughs> right. We could have gone that Please. way. Please. But, like, if dog had been more dog, this would have been more interesting because it would have been, like, you have just the sensory clues that the Mm -hmm. dog has and not any of like the dog is the dog fully understands human speech and is reporting it to us. The dog is like understands words and contexts of words and human motivation and makes connections to things. Yeah. It was just like, if, if this had just been like, I don't know, like a journey of sense, like just there would have been, it was just a scentscape. It was a scratch and sniff novel. Yes. That's what I really wanted. (laughs) Someone make that for us. <laughs> Only mm. good smells, please. Only good smells. Like, have it be a mystery in a bakery or something. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was a little bit disappointed by this one. I like to read mysteries. I read a lot of mysteries. This one was not for me. I think Furry Sleuth is also like a subgenre that I don't really care for. Um, Let's I just, be real. I was doing it for the bit, and now were. we're stuck. Yeah. In it for oh, yeah. Three there books. was this was not a choice in good faith. You knew you were going to hate it, <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. That's why you know what we have to be entertaining more than anything, right? Yeah, sure. We can't have an we can't have too many episodes like uh, the the uh, school for good mothers, right? Yeah, where we're just like, yeah, it was a well written. Yeah, book this and was, it was a fucked up book. It was very good, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Um, okay, so I, I think it's pretty clear. I wouldn't recommend this book to anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if from what this we is said. Like an old man book. <laughs> yeah, this is very much a dad book. Um, so, you know, if you're yeah. looking for a present for your dad, maybe this. But <laughs> if your dad likes stories about yeah. dogs being the main character. Yeah. And you're trying to get him away from like just straight copaganda. Because I feel like yeah. this is still a little bit copaganda, but not but quite as much as some light. other. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some like dad books out there that are very like yay go go military go cop sort of yes. thing. Yeah. And if you're trying to steer them away from that, maybe. <laughs> give yeah, them like this. if you want to get them off like the Clive Cussler Cussler, I don't know. I just see that name at the yes, bookstore all yes. the time in library. I don't know who that is, <laughs> but uh, you know, if you want to get them off that that boat and put them into this weird one, that's mm. probably fine. It's certainly a more interesting then clive cussler is that i want to see what he writes i know it's like military flavored books now we're gonna have to read a clive cussler book because no. we've talked about it no oh god he i hate his face already is making me mad um oh it's okay though because he's dead um oh okay he wrote a book called raise the titanic it's a Dirk Pitt adventure. Okay, you're going to write a long-standing series of adventure novels. Why are you going to name Dirk the main Pitt. character Dirk Pitt? <laughs> okay. Um, Sounds like manly things like Dirk and Pitt. Sounds good and manly, yeah. All those hard consonants. Mm-hmm. Listen to that. I love it. 
Uh, well, did you read anything good? Um, yes, I have been on a bit of a, uh, uh, well, I've been on two different kicks recently. One mm-hmm. of them is a kick that I go through every few, like, months, which is just sit and listen to Broadway cast albums. Um, okay. So that's been going on, which has kind of kept me from getting into anything super, like, long. But I've been uh-huh. reading a lot of graphic novels. Hey. Um, and I've got a few that I would recommend. Uh, I'm not going to get too deep in any of them because there's just there's a few of them. I've read uh, The Keeper by Tanana Reeve Dew and Stephen Barnes, illustrated by Marco Finnegan, which is a horror comic about a girl whose parents dies and she goes to stay with her grandmother and hmm. spooky stuff happens and um, is scary and kind of gory. So be aware of that. Um, I also read After Lambana by uh, Eliza Victoria, who read Dwellers, or read, I mean, presumably, but she wrote Dwellers, <laughs> um, which I've recommended on the podcast before. There was um, only one draft, and it was perfect. <laughs> she was like, yep, great, let's go. Um, and I uh, illustrated, I believe, by Mervyn Malorzo. Um, and that is about, like, there's a separate world of magic and stuff, but then the magic folk come to the real world and kind of get stuck there and bad shit starts happening mm. and everything's kind of a mess. Also very gory. Set in the Philippines, I believe. Oh, cool. Because um, Eliza Victoria is Filipina. Uh, and then I read Man's Skin by, it just says by Hubert and Zanzim. And that's no. apparently their whole names. So that's wild, that's too. Um, cool. Uh, if I ever write a book, I'm just going to say it's by Anna. And yeah, it's... Have to deal with it. it literally says Hubert is the author and Zanzim artist, and that's it. Um, Wait. <laughs> Good anyway, <laughs> it's about this girl in uh, Renaissance Italy who um, is supposed to get married, and her family has a literal skin that is a man's skin that the women have passed on through the generations so they can go out into the world as a man and see what it's like um so she decides to do that in order to uh meet her fiance and like actually get to know him and uh some uh complications ensue imagine yeah (laughs) that sounds really interesting actually yeah it was it was a an interesting one the art's pretty like very stylistic and cool too Mm -hmm. um how about you what have you been reading um i am about halfway through this book i got and have been excited to read but i've just been reading very slowly because i don't know how to read i guess um i am reading the foxglove king by hannah witten oh i think it's on my list Yes, it's so good. I saw it um, comped as a mix between Akatar and um, Gideon the Ninth. And while mm. I don't really know or care at all really about Sarah J. Moss, but the um, the Gideon the Ninth, I'm like going through serious withdrawals from the lock tomb. So I, like I know, right? Immediately on the chance to relive the, <laughs> the, the majesty that is that series. I feel like that's really more why I haven't gotten into any like, yes. long form books. Because the just book like, hangover is so real. Oh, what's my even gosh. the point? 
What is even the point? It's like three, like, and the fourth book not coming out for until next year, probably. But like the three books out right now in this series, just like one hit after another. And they're both perfect in different ways. You're mm-hmm. like, there's surely no book is going to be better than the first one. Oh, fuck. It's better. And then you read the third one. And you're like, oh, no, it somehow got better. I don't know. I don't know. It's magic. Um, But the Foxglove King is good, too. It is about <laughs> <laughs> it takes place in a fantasy world where um. Essentially, a a goddess died and her resting place, a city was built on top of her resting place. And she um, kind of exudes this dark death magic. And uh, this girl, the main character of the story, Lore, she um, can wield this magic. They call it mortem, which is like the magic, the magic that comes from death. Uh, But she's kind of special because she can use it to raise the dead, which is something that has not been um allowed or able to be done for many many years and she kind of gets involved in some court uh like uh like royalty court drama not lawyer court drama um and well, uh you know you haven't finished the book so that is true both. she might have to yeah she might have to have a hearing i don't know um, <laughs> but it's very good it's the first in a series i'm finding out so hopefully you know um the second one comes out next year because this was just published like a month ago, maybe. So uh, read it. It's good. I'm really enjoying this author so far. Uh, it's not Gideon the Ninth. Exactly. Don't go in thinking nothing, like nothing is Gideon the Ninth. Yeah, but nothing is. So <laughs> that is that is our uh, burden to carry for the rest of our lives, I suppose. Hmm. All cool. right. Well, speaking of burdens. <laughs> yeah, truly. This is one. Um uh, like I said, I, I listened to the audiobook, which I knew going in, I was like, this isn't going to be good for my uh, later recollection when I'm typing up my notes. Mm. But I but I was stubborn and I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to write the notes as I'm listening to it. What kind of prepared nerd would do that? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I also, as I said, read, uh, read the audiobook, listened to the audiobook. Um, yeah. And I did have the option to get the actual ebook. I chose not to mm-hmm. and thought... Anna will have her notes. Surely it will be fine. I have six pages of notes. I okay. don't know if they're in order or That's if fine. I have, I literally wrote up all the notes. I couldn't think of like the mom and dad. I couldn't think of their names in this book. And so I just referred to them as mom and dad throughout the notes. And at the end I was like, oh, their names are Damon and Cynthia, <laughs> but I'm not going to go back and change that. <laughs> I couldn't remember it either, either until you just said it. I thought mom it was Derek. Could have um, been. That sounds like the type of guy that also right? would do that. He yeah. seems like a Derek. He seems like a full on Derek. The dog and his owner, I know their names are Bernie and Chet. And uh-huh, if I sit and think Chet? about it for a minute, it's very much like I can't tell my left from my right unless I do the L thing. Mm-hmm. I have to like sit and think about it for a second. That's fair because you know how like sometimes people give their dogs a human name? Right. Someone gave this human a dog name and they both yeah. have dog names. Yeah. Chet and, and Bernie. Chet's the dog, right? <laughs> yes, Chet okay. is the dog. So Chet and Bernie, I think the story takes place somewhere in and around California. Yes. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> but not LA. Uh, but somewhere around LA. Maybe. It's it's in the va- near the valley, I think. So I think A city where someone would have to take a flight to LA though. They have a oh, that's true. They they say a lot of like place names. Yeah. So if I knew anything about California, I might be able to. We only know it. about San Francisco. We only know about San Francisco because of animorphs, right? Yeah. I don't think it was San Francisco. <laughs> Sorry, we're from the Midwest. We don't know. You coastal elites. 
Um, so Chet, Chet is the dog. Um, his whole thing is that he like just barely failed to graduate from canine school. So he's been well-trained. He's an intelligent dog as far as like dogs go. Um, but also, he. Also, another mm-hmm. reason I didn't like this book immediately started with insulting the reader. It did it? Yeah. What'd it they was say? like blah, something, something. I smelled something, something. My sense of smell is better than yours. And I'm like, oh. you don't know that. You don't know that. You I don't could know be that, that dog. <laughs> I could be a dog. Fuck Please off. don't make assumptions about my nose. Thank right. you. Rude. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the book, the book is told from Chet's point of view. And then we also have Bernie, Bernie Little, who is the owner of Little Detective Agency. Uh, he is like relatively recently divorced. He has this young kid named Charlie who is of some age that is like younger than 10, but older than four. Um, and the detective agency is not doing so great at the moment. So they're having to take a lot of cases they wouldn't normally want to, such as like doing the whole, like following the cheating spouse, whatever. Which like, what was he doing aside from that? Like, he, oh, we don't honestly, that's like all per- doing that. private eyes are hired for. That's the only thing private eyes do. So he thought he was Sherlock Holmes. He really right. thought he's like, I don't leave my house for anything less than an eight. Like he really, <laughs> he really thought you thought you thought I wasn't part of the Sherlock fandom. Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the book opens with the, the mom, mom, mom. The character named Mom, who's also called Cynthia in the book, um, coming to Bernie to she's like, my teenage daughter is lost. Um, I got your name from one of my girlfriends who like you helped her find out her spouse was cheating on her. Um, but I, she said you were really good. So I need you to find my daughter. She's 15. She's a really gifted student. Never has any had any issues before. She's been gone for like four hours. And Bernie's like, this is not a problem yet. Like she's a 15 year old girl. She's probably just at the movies or something. Uh, and the mom's like, no, she's never done this before, I swear. Um, so Bernie's like, okay, I'll take the case because mom offers him like $500. He's like, okay, I'll take the case. I need the money. Um, so they go to Madison's house. She lives primarily with her mother. Her parents are divorced as well. Um, they He investigates her room and like Chet finds marijuana but Bernie ignores Chet's barking. He's like, he's like signaling like here, there are drugs. And Bernie, he's like, even though I always brag about how you're police trained, I'm just going to ignore the fact that you're signaling, whatever. Um, he does this several times. I'm like, <laughs> in the book, I'm like, okay, either like you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to listen to your dog, dude. The whole I feel reason like, you got him is because he's police trained. But I like, feel like with the marijuana, at least he noticed it he just didn't say anything about it because later he's like oh because chet found marijuana in the house or like he Mm. says something to chet he's like i bet you found drugs there right buddy or something like that yeah he's just like shut the fuck up chet not right now right he's just like he's just letting the dog uh get worked up about it and not yeah like not rewarding him for doing a good job right uh, yeah, he just doesn't strike me as like, this dog never even eats dog food. He's always giving him steak. I'm like, you're not a good dog owner. The dog doesn't eat dog food and also... Only eats beef jerky and steak, as far as I can tell. Sometimes a hamburger. Yes. And also at one point when they're sitting in the car, like way later in the book, uh, mm-hmm. with the cop and Who like the cops... him in a locked car. The Yeah, the cop's like, uh, do you want to don a cruller or something? And... Um, the dog's internal thought was like, oh yes, I wanted a crawler. Like 
meals have been so inconstant recently. Yeah, and I'm it's like, like, what dude, the fuck, dude? I get I that know. you're busy and whatever, but you have to feed your fucking dog. You have to be a pet owner. It was really Jeez. distressing to me, all of this stuff going on in the background. I was like, okay, but like, when was the last time the dog had water? Right. <laughs> you live in a desert. I need to know when the dog had water. Like, this is, there's this, there's this whole... There's this whole premise that the dog, like, is putting forward of, like, you can tell the quality of someone's soul by if they like dogs or not. Because, like, this is Bernie's not good at having Right? It's like... Does he have a bad soul? Like, you can only like... Like, liking dogs only makes up for so much negligence, right? (laughs) You have to have other redeeming qualities, like ability to feed your dog. And, you know, like, I know there are issues with like neurodivergence and getting stuff done i understand that i'm adhd like i also i would not not feed my pets like yeah if you are not capable of taking care of a pet you should not have that pet exactly especially like a high energy like high needs dog like an intelligent uh i don't know if he's a german shepherd but he has two different colored ears that's the only thing i remember about him he's very smart yeah um, yeah, so, so Bernie's asking mom some initial questions, like, what did your daughter do? Where could she have gone? And then guess who shows up? It's Madison, the daughter. And she's like, it's not a big deal. I was gone. I was at the movies. Um, just like Bernie had hypothesized. Wow, he's such a good detective, you guys. Um, but he questions her. He's like, okay, where were you? Why it takes so long? And she's like, I went to a movie on the suggestion of a teacher. We're covering the Russian Revolution in class. So I went to go watch Dr. Zhivago, which is like a four to five hour long movie. It's a very long movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a ride home from an upperclassman friend. And Bernie, he's like kind of suspicious about her. And he's like, oh, I really liked the part of the movie where they played tennis. And she's like, yeah, that part of the movie was really cool. And Bernie later is like, gotcha, because there was no tennis in Dr. Zhivago, a movie about the Russian Revolution. You know what's really weird? What? I, this doesn't have anything to do with the book. It was just a weird coincidence. Okay. I, before I started reading this book, you know how I said that I was like listening to Broadway musicals and whatever this week? Is Dr. Zhivago a Broadway musical? Dr. Zhivago is a Broadway musical that I had never heard the music to until yesterday when I was listening to it right before starting this book. Oh my God. Is it good? Very weird. I can't tell if I really like it because it's like theater nerd good of like just very um, like lots of emotive singing or if uh-huh. it is actually good but i very much enjoyed it and i okay, uh, really liked the song um um no mercy at all it is a very good villain song if you are looking for a villain song for a D playlist love Just it love it throwing that out there <laughs> Um, so yeah, Bernie's like, this girl's lying, but the mom is like really eager to believe her perfect daughter is fine. So Bernie's like, okay, case solved. And he goes home. Wonderful. Uh, the next day, Bernie has an interview with this journalist named Susie, who's doing a piece on private detectives and someone in the police department recommended him for the article. So she accompanies Bernie on this cheating spouse case. And it kind of, it becomes obvious pretty quickly. Bernie, Bernie thinks this journalist is hot. Uh, he wants to in, in and around her pants. Um, and then later, like the interview comes out and Susie refers to Bernie as like shambling and makes him very self-conscious about his appearance for the rest of the book. And then I wanted, I want to know what the rest of the article, like in the article, does she ever say like, but he's a good detective. But then in the book, like Chet falls asleep as Bernie is reading the article. So we never find out anymore. So that's because this author, 
this author realize, the thing that I need more authors to realize, that just because they're ostensibly good at one form of writing doesn't mean that they're good at all forms of writing. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. the article sounded absolutely nothing like an article. And so he was just like, okay, we're just (laughs) going to be done with writing the article. (laughs) The book did this a lot, right? Where it was like two characters were having a very important conversation, but Chet didn't hear any of it because he was chewing on a branch. (laughs) Which like, I guess that's a way to keep the mystery alive, but not really. Those weren't the mysterious parts. (laughs) It's just like, okay um and so yeah he's sad about he's sad about the 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 article but this was mostly important to introduce Susie as a character who is a journalist and maybe can write unfavorable things about um Bernie whatever the mom calls again uh Madison has gone missing again and this time has been missing for over a day so she did wait the second time to call Bernie and he's a little intrigued by this case because, you know, Madison was lying earlier. It looks like maybe her lies have caught up to her. So he agrees to go look for her. Um, Chet and Bernie head to the mall where the movie was showing. Dr. Javaga was showing that Madison said she had gone to see. Um, and while there, Bernie's like, I can't take a dog into the movie theater, unfortunately. He leaves Chet in the car. And um, Chet falls asleep. And he wakes up to the sound of someone slashing Bernie's tires. It's like this pale blonde man. And Chet somehow opens a car door. Oh, no, it's a convertible. So he just jumps out of the car and tries to attack the man. Uh, But the man flees and he gets into a blue BMW and then just runs Chet over with his car, which is sad. But it's okay because Chet was not hurt that bad. He's a super dog. He can withstand getting run over. Yeah, this dog gets beat up throughout the course of this book. I guess I should say, like, if you are at all sensitive to, like, animal mistreatment, (laughs) this one goes into a lot of it, so... Uh, be prepared if for some reason you want to read it after we shat all over it for an there hour is and a half. part that went full like wait Torture. a second have i moved into a problematic mafia romance mm. because that was kind of like the level of weird like <laughs> like and you know which part i'm talking about right like no, i there's a maybe the part where he is briefly stalin yes, yes yes yeah like the way that that dude is talking about him of like i will get him to obey i will break him yeah and like like he's talking to him like he understands and stuff which like he does because it's this book but But why would a human why would a human think that (laughs) it's very weird they were soulmates it's faded mates Mm -hmm. mafia romance it's super weird like they're a hundred percent in some of the mafia romances i've read there are scenes like that where it's like like what was the president one that we read that mm. one yeah 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 uh, the next day, Bernie decides that he, he and Chet are going to interview the friend that gave Madison a ride home from the movies. Uh, he's some kid named like Tim or Tom or something, IDK. Um, but like after some light ma- blackmail, because Tim's like, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you her secrets. I don't want to cooperate. Bernie's like, I'm going to make it so you can't go to college if you don't tell me the answers to my questions. It's just wild that Tim and or Tom could think that Bernie has that power. But, um, he basically tells Bernie that Madison never went to the movie, like she said, duh. Um, instead, she called Tim and or Tom to come pick her up from another person's house, Ruben Ramirez. And um, Tim Tom says that Madison was made uncomfortable by some sexual advances that Ruben was making. And so she requested a pickup from him. And it's also mentioned that perhaps like Ruben is her drug dealer or something. I don't know if I was just inferring that or if that was actually said in the text. I couldn't refer I back to it. I believe it is said. Okay by bernie to chet when he's like you smelled the drugs in a room didn't you boy oh 
Yes. This kid's probably selling her drugs. This child of color is probably a drug dealer. Yeah. It's fine. So the two of them go and question Ruben. And Ruben gets, uh, he's an uncooperative witness. And so Chet has to bite him real good. But after that, Ruben's like, I don't have much to add except to say that, like, as Madison was leaving my house, I noticed that there was a blonde dude in a BMW who tried to give her a ride somewhere and she refused him as she should because he looked like a fucking creep and she didn't know him. So, um, cool. They get back to Bernie's house and, uh, somehow Madison's father is there waiting for him. Dad's there. Damon, dad, Derek, he's immediately a very shady individual. He works in real estate development, which already, ew. Um, and he demands to be brought in on the case that um, he, he wants to know how much progress that Bernie has made. And Bernie's like, I only discuss particulars with my clients. So if you want in on this case, I have to have a meeting between you and your ex-wife and me so we can so we can set this all up, uh, which they do. He also makes the comment of like, first off, he says the thing about Madison. uh the mom has custody because oh girls need their mothers or something yeah. like that which was like weird and awkward uh-huh. and but then also he makes the comment about like because when uh bernie's uh, like well you're not paying me so i don't need yes, to tell you anything he's all like well money comes from me right all her money is from me um which so, isn't true because she has a super mega rich new boyfriend. So like yeah, and her own small business. Yes, which and she's is, a business owner making greeting cards. I'm pretty sure that is meant to be like a haha. Look at this dumb rich lady. Mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. yeah. She thinks she has a job. Women don't need to work. They should just marry a man who has money. And then when that exactly. guy it turns out to be a creep, go find a different man who has money. And that one or will they can be, be fine. spunky young reporters. Yes. Um. <laughs> But yeah, basically, this is the point at which I was like, oh, it was the dad. The dad yeah. did it. Dad is disgusting. He did it. Um, It's, yeah, they, they, <laughs> there's no, like, disguising here. This man is nervous as hell, clearly in over his head with this real estate business. Like, it, you, it's so simple to put these pieces together. Right. And it's like, you could have set this up as a red herring. And I guess yeah, sort of he does. Because it's like, it it's wasn't the mom. just the dad. It was the dad. The dad's poor business dealings led to the situation. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't like the dad kidnapped her. But, you know, it was basically the dad's fault. <laughs> like, it would have been cool if, like, so they do set up, like, this, this, the dad does try to set up, like, this weird red herring where he's like, I think you need to look into my ex-wife's new boyfriend. And the new boyfriend turns out to be, like, the nicest person in the entire world. Um, that would have been cool if he really was, though, the one at fault. But, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would have been worse, though, from the MRA standpoint of, like, because there is this thing of, like, especially when he meets the mom for the first time, of just, like, the way it is, like, talked about and kind of, like, she is painted very, like, foolish, flighty, a little bit, um, like, paranoid, you know, with all of this stuff. And then kind of has... very overbearing mother. Very overbearing. And then kind of has, like... Um, the comments about like, oh, well, you know, it's better for, for a child to, uh, you know, have the parents divorce than to be like, you know, in a household where they're fighting all the time. Like, it's uh-huh. better. Um, and the way that she is portrayed, it is making that seem like that is a foolish, flighty, like not good answer. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, keep the family whole. Right. And like, so I feel like if it had been the boyfriend, that would have been like. Yeah, you should have gone See? back to your shitty husband. Like. Yeah. 
women can't be allowed to make decisions for themselves. Look what happens. Right. They get their child kidnapped. <laughs> uh, speaking of kidnapped, then Chet gets kidnapped. Um, the dog. Oh, no. So Bernie has his son for the weekend and they're like camping overnight in the backyard. Chet is awoken. Uh, he's sleeping outside also, but not in the tent, which I thought was kind of rude. They just make him sleep out in the dirt. But he's awoken by the sound of a lady dog barking. And he's like, ooh, I better go find her because I'm a super horny dog, which is cool. Okay. Um, and as he's like up and about, he notices the blue BMW is sitting watching Bernie's house from down the street. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to go up there and say something to them, I guess. So he like walks up the street uh, and the d- driver of the car gets out and gets Chet with a taser and then shoves him into the trunk of the car and is taken far away to some old ranch in the middle of nowhere, perhaps in New Mexico. Um and uh, he's gone for several days. My question is, why? <laughs> yeah, for why though? For why? Why, why didn't did they just take leave the dog, dog alone? <laughs> like, or drive away? <laughs> there were several things that could have happened with this. Yeah, they could have. I don't know. Like, threatened Bernie and been like, "We have your dog. Stay off the case." Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's something. Although that would be a wild thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, you know then um, what are you as, gonna do with the dog <laughs> as a villain who presumably has access to like kidnap his actual son um uh-huh, uh-huh. To yeah go with who the dog is right instead. there in a tent but that's fine um and it's like okay is it that they saw the dog and were like the dog is nosing around he's, he's the dog's get, gonna tell everybody gonna with his tattle. human language it's like he's not he's a dog that's he's the a whole, dog just like scare plot of the book is him knowing it like all of the answers and no one being able to understand it right Uh, so why did this man kidnap this dog he just saw a cute dog and was like i want it i want it i better train him him first be a fighting dog barf um (laughs) so yeah um (laughs) i mean even if even if they did for some reason think the dog was gonna lead him to i mean this is this is this would be sad but why not just kill the dog Exactly. Why are you kidnapping the dog. This would be both the first and last book in the Chet and Bernie <laughs> mystery series. Very short one. Mystery was never solved. Um yeah, this is definitely like this this was put in just for the convenience of telling the reader where the girl was and right. nothing else. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, so so at this ranch, we learn that it's this group of Russian criminals, of course they're Russian, uh, that have been keeping an eye on Bernie. And at first they're going to like, they do say stuff like, why don't we shoot the dog? And then, th- then one of the guys is like, no, I'm going to train him to do dog fighting and I think I'm in love with him. So like, you know, <laughs> whatever. <was> so weird. <laughs> Their boss is a guy named Gulagov, I think. Um, and... Basically, we get a lot of descriptions of animal mistreatment as these guys all try to break Chet down. Um, we don't have to get into it here. Suffice it to say, it's very, very mean and sad set of scenes. And for why? And for why? Honestly, they went so in depth. Like, did we? Okay, whatever. <laughs> but while this is going on, Chet realizes there's another captive at this ranch, and he, they, he, there's Madison. She's here in the house being held captive. Um, and at a crucial moment, Madison yells out for the Russian guys to stop beating up on Chet and Chet is able to use that distraction to run into a nearby abandoned mine 
and is able to escape from the from Gulagov and his men. I, the Gulagov just sounds like an offensive made up Russian name, it but does maybe a I'm little wrong. bit. Yeah, it doesn't. It. I'm sorry if that is a real last name. It, it does sound like almost comically, like an American imitating yeah. a Russian yeah. heritage of something. You know. <laughs> Uh, but cool. Chet, Chet escapes, but now he's in the middle of the desert and he doesn't know how to get back home and he's further than he's ever been before. He can't just smell his way home. So at so, this point, we're just fully leaving the mystery to do a, a homeward bound. Do like, Yeah. Just do, do a little dog adventure. Um, just a little, which at little this point I was like, oh, Caruso, maybe Robinson aid or whatever. Yeah. I was like, maybe this is it. Maybe this isn't about the mystery. Maybe it's about his journey. But he's going to no, get home and learn English and tell Bernie the, the, the answer to the riddle. I mean, you know, I thought it would be like he gets home and then leads Bernie out there in a way, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, last he fell down. Follow me, human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it was just like this weird coupled chapters where we're just not just doing the mystery right worse now. Worse stuff happening to this dog. It was very and weird. Then like, oh yeah, shit, this was a mystery bug. <laughs> get back to it. We gotta go it. back and do that. So yeah, so Chad's wandering around the middle of the desert. He doesn't know how to get back home. He wanders around until he finds this biker gang who they, they feed him. And instead of water, they give him only beer to drink, which Chet loves. And they allow him to spend the night with them. And then the next day... One of the bikers secures Chet to his motorcycle and they ride into a rural town called Sierra Verde. The only reason I remember is because we go there like 10 times in this book. So they ride into Sierra Verde. The biker takes Chet to a shelter where the woman at the desk tries to get the biker to adopt Chet because she's like, we can only, there's such high demand. There's so many animals that are brought here. We can only keep animals for a three day window before we put them down. I was like, that's wild. Is that is that common practice? That was also the situation in um Dog's Purpose? No, not Dog's Purpose. Mm. Is the other one that I read for Kate's podcast oh, I by didn't. Bruce Cameron. Um one. Oh, the the sequel one? No, not the sequel no, one. No, he wrote I, another series. Yeah, of there's books a about whole dogs? different Damn. series. Uh Damn. but that was also the case in that, I believe. I do think that that is true for some shelters in like That's really sad. high population areas. But from the way they were talking about Sierra Verde, it doesn't. I mean, again, this could be it's like a, a small rural town, right? Yeah. I don't know. That seems that there. I I don't know that the I demand would be that much turnover, but I could be totally wrong about that. Honestly, yeah, this just seems like stray animals are cycling in and out every day. Like, right? Chet's like, I saw new dogs. I saw new dogs, but where do the old dogs go? Why do I smell something burning? But great, great little detail to include there. The biker's like, I don't want this fucking dog. So Chet gets taken by the shelter and he spends a few days there. And on the day that he's scheduled to be put down, he hears a familiar voice walk in to the shelter. Guess what? It's our good friend Susie, the journalist. She's come to do a piece about dog shelters and chose this rural one way out of the way for some vague reason. I don't remember, but there was a reason. It doesn't matter. My theory is that she secretly... There's secretly something nefarious about this dog shelter, mm. and she was trying to do some investigative journalism. That could be. Um, like a hit piece sort of thing, but we don't really get much of Susie's motives or interior aside from... Yeah, all we know is that she's pretty. And she's pretty, and she makes, she makes bad choices when it comes to men. Yep. And she beats <laughs> herself up about it in a very... In a way well, that I'm I was so very... so beautiful mu- and fucking smart. 
why does this happen to me? No, she's like, I made such a mistake in a way that was very like this author was once thrown over by a woman for another man and thinks that she made a mistake and wants her to be like, I made such a mistake. I can't believe I that can't I did believe that. I turned you down for him. You right. and your stranger and him, my abusive ex. Like, I, <laughs> I just like when she was like, I mean, for God's sake, I scored 1,400 on my SATs. Like, any adult ever th- quotes that as, like, <laughs> no. Okay. Sure. Well, perhaps what we are to infer from that she is, is that child. she is very young. <laughs> She's only 18. Bernie, well. what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, she could be, like, pretty newly out of college, like, 22 or so, you know? Mm. That seems about, that seems like the life path I would see Bernie taking. Yeah, yeah. The second wife, you know, always yep. younger. And mm. I, uh, well, I just want everyone to know I didn't take the SATs. I scored a 32 on my ACTs. Can you imagine? I'm so beautiful and smart. I took the SATs. I couldn't tell you what I got on them. I <laughs> see that remember. is the correct response. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be bemoaning the fact that you scored highly on your SATs, and that's why you make bad romantic decisions, like. Uh, okay, whatever, Susie. Um, but yeah, so so she she recognizes Chet while he's literally on the operating table, like strapped down. Uh, she breaks him out of there, takes him back to Bernie. They get back to Bernie. He looks incredibly rough, like he's not been sleeping. There's missing dog posters all around the neighborhood. Um, he tries to offer Susie this cash reward, but she's like, no, you know, I'm just doing what I thought was right. But she does later agree to let Bernie take her out to dinner sometime as a reward. Um, wonderful. But now Chet's back. So he and Bernie resume the case of the missing teen. They go they go to visit dad at this new housing development project that he's trying to work on. And Bernie's like, it's so weird there aren't any contractors or anyone working at this site, even though it is a weekday. So he's like, hey, dad, do you have any cash flow issues? And dad tries to tell Bernie, everything's fine. But he does it in a very, like, obviously suspicious way. Like, what do you mean I don't have any money in any of my bank accounts and I owe some mysterious Russians a lot of money? That's ridiculous. Why would you why would you bring that up? <laughs> um, and then he does, like, this fake, like, well, I don't know if it's fake, I guess, because we are told from the point of view of the, the, uh, told from the point of view of the dog, but dad starts like crying like he's like so upset his daughter is gone he's like oh i can't i can't believe this has happened i'm so stressed out and i only get to see her on holidays on every other weekend and yada 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 <sighs> um but the interview is like interrupted by a phone call bernie says is oh i gotta take this it's from my irrigation guy but what Bernie hears dad say on the phone is something like, it isn't fair. I just need more time. Oh, yeah. And something very obviously suspicious. Of, this is this is not something you say to a contractor. Um, and like, this is the point at which I'm like, oh, OK. So some Russians, the Russians the Ru- kidnapped yeah. his daughter because he owes, he them, owes money. them money. And they will, that's what's going on. It's so it's painfully obvious. And, I'm and like, the fact that it takes Bernie like 150 more pages to figure it out. Right, like, right. Thought you were supposed to be a good detective. Right. And I'm just like, surely, surely there will be some twist. That's that's just what the author wants me to think. It's a red herring, obviously. It's not. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's very literally warrior that. cats in that way. Yeah. And then like they keep like introducing new things that are like that would be red herrings or twists, but we already know what happened. Mm-hmm. So it just it's not. It's, it's like nothing. oh, there's this kid at the movie theater. Maybe he had something. Nope, he didn't. And we know he didn't. 
because we were we already saw who had everything to do with it. <laughs> we already know who was the yeah, who was at fault. Like, we have their names. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then and, and I forget exactly why this happened, but next, like Susie joins Bernie and Chet for a tiny bit of the investigation and kind of proves to be kind of good at the whole sleuthing thing, probably because she's a crackpot journalist. Um, but it's together they crackpot. Is no, it? crackpot's a bad thing. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> is she's it a, just crack journalist? Crack, she's a hotshot journalist. Yeah, there is some crack something journalist. But it can't be crackpot. It can't be crackpot. Because that doesn't be sound like a that doesn't it? sound like a compliment. Let me crackpot journalist. Let me just Google that phrase. No, that's a nothing. It's literally nothing to do with journalism. Crack journalist? Crack journalist. No, that literally just gave me the name of a journalist. Yeah, no, that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Well, guess we'll ace, never know. She's an ace reporter. Yeah, someone tell us what phrase we're, we're what thinking of. What the fuck of. am I thinking of? Because why did that come so easily to me? I don't know. Like, crack shot? That's not a thing, shot. is it? Hmm. Someone better at words tell me how to talk. Thank you. <laughs> Um, they go they track down the irrigation guy that dad was supposedly talking to on the phone and the irrigation guy is like no dad owes me money and I haven't been able to contact him in three weeks he's been screening my calls and this guy has no reason to lie so who was dad talking to on the phone hmm I don't know Mm. they get back to the detective agency and there's this guy waiting there for Susie it's her ex She's like, how did you find me? And he's like, I called the newspaper and they gave me this guy's address because that's where you said you were you were going uh, at the station. And she's like, because you're oh, working on a, a I'm working on another story, another story about him. And Which I'm like, Bernie why, did not know. Why did they tell you all of this information? Honestly. And he says something like, like, oh, I said it was an emergency. And it's like, you're all journalists. You should know not to do that. You would think. But I don't know. I don't know. It was very concerning to me. Yeah. Uh, especially, like, the, the vibes that this guy gives off of, like, very abusive, controlling, manipulative person. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the exact person you you are protecting her from by not giving out that information. Like, a journalist ha- could make many enemies. Like, why would you give you their right. exact address to whatever? Um, <laughs> so, Bernie... Like, this, Bernie's- isn't when, this is, like, in the age of cell phones. Like... Yeah. Just be like, okay, I'll call her for you and let her know that you stopped by. Yeah. Or see if she wants you to know where she is. Right. Uh, so lame. Um, so, yeah. So Bernie's like, oh, I can't believe she was just hanging out with me to do a story. And then the guy is like, are you guys a couple? And Susie's like, no. And then Bernie's like, oh, drats. I guess I lost my shot. Like, dude, you've known her three days. Like, no, you're not a couple. Um. <laughs> This wasn't a lie. So then the scumbag ex convinces Susie to drive him to the airport. And then she ends up just going to L.A. with him for a little bit. I I don't know. <laughs> I, her life must have a lot more freedom than mine does. But clearly <laughs> Bernie, <laughs> Bernie takes this all very hard and starts to become reckless in this investigation. So that's cool. Um, then we get a call from. um somebody i think like a police officer who's working on this like missing persons department 
that's friends with Bernie. We get a call that a picture of Madison has surfaced of her at a movie theater in Las Vegas. So Bernie decides to load up him and Chet and drive out to Vegas. And uh, when they get there, Madison's parents are there. And dad is like pretty rude to Bernie. He's like, your services will no longer be needed. Uh, clearly you're not good at your job and we're just going to go with a local Vegas detective to help us solve this case from now on. But Bernie don't give a fuck and he keeps investigating even though he's no longer being paid for it. So what he has nothing to lose now. The woman he knew for three days doesn't want to be in a relationship with him yet and he has no money. So (laughs) he, he tracks down this person who took the picture of Madison who happens to be a projectionist who works at the movie theater where she was seen And he like, they're like, oh, he's a big crime buff. So he recognized her from the nudes and took a picture of her and then called the cops or whatever. Like, hmm. (laughs) Okay. Mm. Um, The man is Russian, which Bernie questions him about. Like, I mean, in the, this makes me mad because he did, he was proven correct for being suspicious of this man just because of his name. But it's wild, right? (laughs) It's also wild that, okay, because <laughs> like, like imagine if it was like you know like all of our last name sounds Asian, like right? <laughs> it's just like, are you related to those other Asians I know? Like, and also like, if you are in the Russian mob or whatever, uh huh, why? If you are trying to give a cover story, you've been told by the head of the mob that you have to give a cover story to the police about this girl or whatever. Why are you using your real name? Exactly. Like, you didn't have an accent. You could have just been Steve Johnson. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I presumably this guy does actually does actually work at the theater is that like we're to to understand that the russians own the theater right so it's like easy for him to like put place him there i don't think his real job is as a projectionist so, so then yeah so then well i was gonna say if it was like he was just some kid that worked at the theater and they were like you're gonna do this or we're gonna kill your mom or whatever that yeah. at least would kind of make sense that he used his real name because it's like well they would have like records and they'd be able to cross check that right but if it's right. just like some dude that the <laughs> mob just give a owns, fake name the theater and they put him just give a fake name you're bad at doing cover stories but he's basically like hello i'm gulov jr (laughs) whatever the guy's name is like uh (laughs) chat recognizes this kid because he smells like beets Like all yeah. Russians, he says all Russians smell like they beets. all just smell like beets, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that. Don't know about that one. That feels like a hate crime, right? It feels really bad. <laughs> just. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. In this book, he's like, this kid is guilty because he smells like bees. I don't know which is wilder. The idea that the Russians are just so constantly eating borscht that they just like forever smell of beets. Or just like the idea that it's not necessarily anything they're eating. It's just inherent to the Russian DNA that they kind of smell like beets. (laughs) That's how dogs tell races apart because each race has a smell based off their like most comically stereotypical food, right? Like, right, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Anyway, <laughs> they drive back to California. 
Uh, and Bernie's like, got to do some internet sleuthing now. And he finds out that like dad's real estate development project is in the red. The local banks refuse to do business with them anymore. Yada, yada, yada. Stuff we already know. We also get this weird conversation with Bernie's elderly neighbor. He's like, I can't be sure of what I saw because I am both old and taking some real shady meds I ordered off the internet. But I thought I saw Chet being shoved into the trunk of a blue BMW that had been parked outside a house in the neighborhood that has this for sale sign like a few nights ago. And Chet was like, oh, yeah, I forgot I was kidnapped um, and stuffed into a car. Like th- This happens a lot where like something major happens to Chet. And then later in the book, he's like, oh, I forgot about that. He's a dog. Must be nice. <laughs> I would be m- more cons- like yes. It's weird that he forgets it, but he is a dog. But then like he is a dog. Yeah. Why did Bernie not look into it? You know, because it's like he's a de- fucking detective. A fucking he didn't care. He took his dog, and his dog, who has never done anything like this, is like a trained uh, almost Police canine. Dog. Comes like, back with, like, underweight, huge gashes on his back. I didn't mention he got in a fight with a yeah. mountain lion, but he did. Yeah. Like, Why smells would like he beer. be a little bit more... Because I guess... I the Because Susie finds out, like, asks him about it, and they tell him it's the biker or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't think to go, like, talk to the biker until, like, way later when it becomes evident that the dog does know where the kid right. is. Right. I oh. mean, just out of curiosity, I'd be like, what the, where the fuck? Who was the, the man that found my dog? Who was the guy who found the dog? Why was yeah. the dog out here in the middle of, like, not anywhere near where I live? You know? Also, this book was published in, like, 2008, I think. Oh, maybe it wasn't cell phone times then. No, it was definitely cell phone times. <laughs> <laughs> I, this book was published in 2008. The dog had a microchip. I'm certain. Yeah. He was being canine trained like this dog had a microchip. Yeah, right? You would think. You would, that's the, I, I, again, this made me so angry. Like this whole part of the book, so contrived for no reason. There was an easy solution. You scan the microchip and you call up his owner. But Bernie does seem like the time to have kind of have let it lapsed. He's mm. probably just like, my dog's too smart to get taken to a shelter. I don't know. Um... <laughs> Also, I didn't realize this was written in 2008. I thought it was written earlier than that. Um, based I, on for some-, some reason, had a strong belief it was 2011, which uh. isn't specifically later, but I don't know why I specifically thought it was that 2011. Is, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, the use of some of, like, the casual use of some slurs in this book uh-huh. now, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh <laughs> I like also how he uh, dropped the fact that I think, like, Susie has a sister who's a lesbian or whatever, Mm -hmm. just so that later he could use a slur and be like, it's not because I hate queer people. It's just what these mean people would say. It's just what these bad guys are saying. He's going to drop a quick F-bomb. It's It's fine. You've already used that the dog was doing something else and didn't overhear that part. Yeah. Like, you could have just been like... And then I was too busy sniffing my own ass to hear exactly what he said, but it must have made Bernie real mad. You know, like, you didn't have to actually use a slur, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the first slur, but it was definitely the one that stood out the most. Oh, what was the other slur without Uh, saying? He uses a slur for a little person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Several times. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, 
Mm, you know what? I am leaning more towards I right? would vote a certain way. Right? Or at least, like, because now also the context of 2008, like, He's just coming... I'm 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 fiscally conservative. Just coming off socially. the Obama election, yes, like yeah, uh, very like I don't see color. We're post racial now. We have a black president, sort mm-hmm. of thing. We solved it. We solved yeah. racism in America. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know. Clearly, Sus. clearly Sus. we did. But this is what I'm saying. I'm just like this would not surprise me to learn that he had voted certain mm-hmm. ways. Well, you know, I'm just I voted I voted for Trump because the. Uh, just really worried about where my tax dollars are going not because i you know hate every other minority group exactly exactly Mm, this was this was the vibe i was getting from this whole book (laughs) um so so they finally they go to this house to investigate the house that that chet was picked up in front of and the real estate agent is there and again through some light emotional manipulation they're able to convince this real estate agent to tell them that a blonde man with an accent had been renting the home had paid for three months up front but had recently just vanished and then they give she gives them his id like she's like this is the picture of his id with his full name and address on it but the id leads to this nice man that owns a rib restaurant that recently had his identity stolen by russian 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 mobsters russian mobsters so guess what? I, I you know what? I think it might be the Russians that are the bad guys. Maybe. Could be. And like there's so many scenes like like there's another scene somewhere in here where they like they find the knife that was used to slash Bernie's tires at the beginning of the book and they're like, Oh look, it's, it's a Russian, Russian knife. What could it mean? And there's another scene where he like goes to another like illegal like loan shark type of figure to get the lowdown on other gangs in the area and he's like oh there's some russian guys that are just moved into town i don't know much about them though like we we know all this already it's, we're smart readers it's the russians and we also figured like out fact- who it was when you literally showed and told us who it was when chet got kidnapped right and like the fact that it, the answer is just like oh it's some generic russians like yeah. you kind of get to know them a little bit through the kidnapping but it's not like um it's not like, oh, was it this Russian over here or this one over here? It's just like it was all it's of them. just all of Russia. All is of the Russia problem. did it. <laughs> you know? They kidnapped so. this one fifteen year old girl. <laughs> so Bernie finally decides maybe he should retrace Chet's steps from when he was kidnapped to see if they can find anything. So they go to Sierra Verde, they go to the biker bar. Um, and um, Chet recognizes the biker that helped him and he kind of like walks up to him and he's like, hey, friend, what's up? And Bernie questions them. He's like, hey, looks like my dog knows you. Do you know where like where did you pick him up from? Um, the bikers are like, you smell like a cop. Um, and and also they throw some slurs around and they get into a bar fight. But Bernie is really good at fighting and he wins. So he convinces the bikers to draw a map of the place they were camping in the desert and Bernie and Chet go to there, but Chet is unable to find his way back to the ranch from there because he's he walked for a whole day and night. <laughs> like this this whole scene is so like 1940s detective of yes. just like, oh, you have an informant and you got to put the put the muscle on him and beat him up a little bit so they'll respect you, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm, it it mm-hmm. doesn't make any logical sense when you look at it. Like why would beating them up make them want to give you information you know excellent question it's it's very like that sort of idea of like oh you gotta you gotta show them that you're the top alpha sort of thing you know (laughs) i'm the only one in love with dogs around here (laughs) 
so they so they can't they he wanders around sniffing the desert for a while and they're like well i guess we won't find where wherever it was that you were before this so let's head back to sierra verde so the two head back to sierra verde um and and while there they spot the little projectionist boy that took a picture of madison in las vegas like weird what is he doing here in a small town in california or new mexico i don't know where we are at this point um also they see him getting into a blue bmw so they start chasing him in bernie's beat up old car and uh this high speed chase results in bernie's car being thrown off a cliff and exploding and bernie only barely surviving because he's like holding on to the cliff's edge and he's able to get his belt off and swing it up to chet and then chet can pull him up over the cliff cool wonderful uh <laughs> Through a mixture of, like, public transportation and hitchhiking, they're eventually able to make it back to the agency. And there's a message on the phone from Madison's mom saying she received a phone call from her daughter basically saying, hey, I'm all right. Um, stop trying to spend your money and resources to find me. I'll be home soon. Also, like, I know this dog. I saw this dog that had two different colored ears. Isn't that so weird? I would love to get a dog like that someday. Which, like, okay. Okay. Here's my question about this whole situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> How did she leave yeah. this message for her mother? And she's specifically talking about Chet, who is the only dog we've seen in this book and the only dog we've seen that has two different colored ears. Why would she think her mom? Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, she's so smart for leaving this clue. She was signaling to me, Bernie, the detective, that she saw my dog and now but I know she doesn't know you or your dog. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. Yeah. She maybe saw you guys briefly that one time you were like in her bedroom questioning her about going to the movies. Mm-hmm. But like, why would she have reason to think that one, her mom hired the same private detective to find her the second time she went missing and two, that like <laughs> that very specific detective and dog would be listening to the message. Like, I don't know. The mom has turned out to have, like, she recorded this phone call. But, like, if she hadn't recorded the phone call, would the mom have even thought to mention that to Bernie at all? Like, <laughs> I feel like this could have been done, again, just, like, with a little tweaking of be, like, she leaves that message with the two different ears thing. And then uh-huh. the mom says something like, I don't know why she would, because she says, like, did she think I wouldn't get her a dog? I got her the parrot right away. But it's, like... Instead of saying that, be like, I don't understand why she's asking for a dog. She knows she's allergic. We talked about it after, you know, she saw your dog leaving. And then it would be like, okay, so the the kid does know that the dog, like, did see the dog. Yes. You know, like, you could have done something like that where it's, like, clear that she knows the dog, whatever. But, like, as it is, it's like, oh, she saw the dog when she was, you know, the dog was dog napped. And so she's like, I know I can get a message out this way. But it's like, but she, why would she have assumed that that was the, det- I don't know. It just, it yeah, didn't. Yeah, like, and for all she knows, the dog left the ranch, wandered out into the desert and died. Because right. they were in a completely different state from where they were taken. And why would signaling to the detective that she saw his dog, he still doesn't know where the ranch is. Like, it's he's not going to be like, all right, Chet, old boy, you got to tell me now, where was the ranch? I mean, I guess to let him know that she's still in danger and not, Maybe. like, actually going to come home soon or whatever. But, and I mean, also, there's, I feel like there's kind of an implication that the dad might have some contact with her because, like, there's 
the stuff that he says about like, oh, I was trying to get the money together and whatever, um, which kind of implies that maybe like he had more contact than the mom. Like the mom doesn't know anything about anything. Right, but, like right. Maybe they were oh, letting the, her talk to the dad or something and he said something about the dog. I don't know, but it's very unclear. <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird clue for them all to be like, wow, what a smart girl. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. It was a convenient, convenient that ever, all the pieces were in place. But I guess that's when you write a book. That's what happens. So, that, yes, yes, you understand my fury now. <laughs> but so, so Bernie, Bernie calls calls mom and and she tells him about the message and she's like, I'm actually like really shocked to hear from you because I thought you were dead. And he's like, What? And she goes, Yeah, my my ex husband told me how you died in this car accident when your car went off a cliff. Uh, and he's like, that's so weird. How would dad know that? Mm. Mm. Do you all think that the dad and the Russians are connected yet? I don't. I'm not sure. I need to read 100 more pages of this book to find out. Um, so um, Bernie goes home to do some more internet sleuthing. He's trying to find a connection between Madison's dad and the Russians. Where Where could the Russians be? How are these two connected? They have like... <laughs> Again, just like comically, comically villainous. Their their front company, I guess, or whatever you call it, like the whatever whatever business name they have to like launder their money or whatever, it's called Rasputin. Why? Why? I mean, at least it wasn't called Beats R Us, you know? Like, right. And I I guess maybe in Russia there is a bit of a different context for Rasputin other than like, because I mean. That I feel guy like that just wouldn't fucking die. Yeah, well, <laughs> that maybe that you know, oh, he wouldn't die. You can't keep us down, sort of thing. Maybe that's more the vibe. But like, to <laughs> American audiences who are reading this book and understand that the author picked that name, it's like, yeah, the bad guy from Anastasia is <laughs> also the bad guy in this book. What you know, oh. it does it. it certainly has a a vibe to it. It's just it's just goofy. It's childish yeah. and goofy. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> Bernie's doing research at home. Chet is then picked up for an appointment with a mobile groomer, which you think like, wow, this is coming out of nowhere. No, it's just a convenient way to get Chet out of the house for a couple hours. Cause when he returns, <laughs> Bernie's gone from the house and the front door is left unlocked. And it reeks of beets. It reeks of beets. The Russians have been here, <laughs> but, but the groomer doesn't know that cause she's just a human. So she just leaves Chet there. Uh, and leaves a note like, Bernie, you owe me money. But then Bernie does not return for a very long time. So long that like Chet has to go potty inside the house. Oh, poor buddy. Um, and he's all stressed out because he can smell the beats. And like there are certain things missing, like the whiteboard where Bernie was writing all his clues and shit. But finally, Susie calls. and <laughs> Just thought about. What? The whiteboard because they break it. Yeah. Why didn't they just erase it? Why didn't they just fucking erase it? That's an excellent question. (laughs) It's a whiteboard guy. They took it. They took it from the home and then broke off a corner of it, left it behind as an important clue. It's fine. Why did you do (laughs) that? Why didn't you just fucking erase it? And like, Mm. they had the thing about like, oh, he used to keep post-it notes everywhere. Just don't give him a whiteboard. Have him do post-it notes. Have him do post-it notes. Yeah. (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) But it's fine. <laughs> we're almost at the end. We're almost done. <laughs> oh, uh, Susie calls. The answering machine picks up and she's like, hey, hey, I'm sorry I went to L.A. with my ex. That was really shitty of me. 
The chat recognizes her voice. And so he knocks over the phone and he starts barking into it. And Susie's like, Chet, are you okay, boy? What's going on? Uh, and she kind of takes that as a cue to come over and make sure everything is okay. Um, and she finds the missing Bernie suspicious. Like, she's like, oh, he left his cell phone behind. His laptop is missing its motherboard. That's weird. She calls the police and they really don't take this very seriously. They're like, oh, Bernie has a history of disappearing and leaving Chet behind. Like, he took his divorce really hard, but he's a tough guy. He's like the best of the best. He can punch anybody. He's probably fine. Also, he plays the ukulele. And Susie's like, oh, he's so hot to me now. Like, oh, my God. I <laughs> fully, love this man. <laughs> fully, I thought the twist was going to be that the cops were involved and that his, like, friend his cop was, like, yeah. involved and that at least would have been something, but no, it's no, no. they're no, just, he just is bad at his job. They're just bad at their job. With his so, friend. I, mean, I guess realism, but you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Susie, Susie and Chet are not satisfied by this. And so Susie, <laughs> Chet, Chet goes outside. He's following the smell of beets. He jumps out the window and he finds a piece of Bernie's whiteboard that has the letters SV written on them. And Susie's like, must be Sierra Verde immediately is like I know where that is that's Sierra Verde and uh so she and Chet jump in the car and drive back out there I don't think I would have come to that conclusion that quickly and I don't know if that makes me dumb or this book dumb (laughs) both both why not both (laughs) (laughs) um so while they're and they're in Sierra Verde. Susie stops into a convenience store for snacks. She's like, I just got a hankering. Excuse me, Chet. And while she's inside, Chet sees one of the Russian guys that held him captive. Um, he gets into a pickup truck and starts driving away. And Chet's like, I really should, like, I shouldn't leave without telling Susie or leaving her a note. But this guy's getting away and I got to go now. So he jumps into the bed of the truck and rides in it until they get to the ranch. And once there... He finds Bernie tied up in the same mine that he used to escape from there the first time. He helps Bernie free himself. um, But of course, the Russians come in and one of them starts monologuing about like, oh, my God, dad owes the Russians a million dollars or something. And they took Madison as ransom. We finally have solved the mystery. (laughs) Then Bernie is like, surprise, I'm not tied up anymore. My dog is here. And then there's a fight. Bernie and Chet win yay but then the boss guy gulagov shows up with madison and he has a knife to her throat and he's like i'm gonna kill her unless you give up fighting me bernie but then chet the wonder dog is able to leap over madison and attack gulagov so madison is able to escape him and then Susie shows up with the cops which i don't know how she figured out where to go she shows up with the cops everyone's arrested including madison's dad bernie gets a fat check from the new rich boyfriend of mom and then bernie and Susie start dating the end quick cue Yes. Follow up to the question about why did they kidnap the dog? Yeah. Why did they kidnap the man? Which man? Oh, Bernie? Yeah. Why didn't they just kill Bernie? Why didn't they? Or just not. Just not do it. Like, okay, he's he's hot on their scent or whatever. Yeah. But, like, it seems like they were, like, they didn't kill him, so they were planning to do something with him. They were going to turn him into a fighting dog. I guess. <laughs> The blonde, the blonde Russian man with the blue BMW had a crush on Bernie this whole time. Mm. Didn't know how to tell anybody. This it was actually completely unrelated. They didn't even know Bernie was working on this case. He's just <laughs> been stalking Bernie. He just loves Bernie. He just loves Bernie. Or he loves Chet still. Let's go back to the Chet thing where he thinks he's in a romantic relationship with Chet. 
possibly. Bernie's the competition and Bernie's got to go. Really, we didn't get enough of his story, you know? We really, yeah, I needed the POV of one of the Russian guys for certain. Uh, I mean, that certainly uh, would have gone a long way to achieving the author's goal of making sure we fully understood the mystery well before mm-hmm. we did mm-hmm. any solving of the mystery. Oh if we God. just got the occasional chapter that was like, I'm Russian. <laughs> I eat beets and I kidnapped a girl. I only eat beets. My <laughs> name is Gulagov. <laughs> I have this knife. I th- I wish the prologue was just like, hey, Madison's dad, you need to pay us now. I don't have the money. Then we're kidnapping your daughter. And then the book would start. <laughs> That was the only way it could be better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, well, it's over now. It's over now. We've made it through this one. Uh, boy, woof. woof. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so at this point, do I ask you, what do you want? What are you looking forward to? What don't you like? What do you like? I think what I really want, ideally, is just a full furry situation, like full Zootopia, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> community of animals uh-huh. that one of themselves mysteries. That's really what I want. But I understand if that's not actually what any of these books are, um, in which case uh, maybe something in the other direction, a little, a little more ghost cat, a little less cop dog of like, okay an animal helps to solve mysteries but it's from the human's perspective and we don't yes. you know like that might be do you want the dog and or do you want the animal to be able to talk to the human i only want the animal to be able to talk if it is all animals like i don't okay i, I don't see. want animal human communication yes ideally i mean if we have to read one like that it's fine but ideally no okay. it either needs to be full red wall fantasy situation or as I said, Zootopia situation, or it needs to be like a mystery that just happens to have a dog. Okay. Or also, at some point, uh, mix up the animal if we have to do one oh, more for dog, sure. yeah. but I would like to try. I want to do, I have an idea for the next book, and then I would love for the third book to be a different animal also entirely, mm. so we'll see. Okay, great. Um, that's my goal, but... <laughs> Because I, I, I don't think I'm going to find a book that you're like, wow, you've really changed my mind about the furry sleuth genre. So my goal is just to go with different animals. If you can find a Zootopia book or a Redwall mm-hmm. mystery book, yeah, I'd be into it. Uh-huh. But I don't think those exist. <laughs> uh, but we'll see eventually. But before we do that, uh, we have some other books to read. Next yeah. week, we'll be returning with another Meow Meow Monday with Warriors Omen of the Stars, book five, The Forgotten Warrior. Who could it be? Who did we forget? Who did we forget? The week after that, we will be finishing up our modern mythology unit with Hounded by Kevin Hearn. Wonderful. How exciting. In the meantime, if you have any books or units you'd like for us to cover on the podcast, either because you think we would love them or hate them, you can tweet at us at ShuffleWareCast or email us ShuffleWareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Otherwise, I am going to uncover your dirty dog romance. You nasty little freak, you. (laughs) If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd really love a five-star review after I just called you a dirty little freak. Uh, we'd very much appreciate it. But if you don't want to, that's okay, because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of Spencer Quinn, although not in this book, uh, meanwhile, I was still thinking, hoping for an actual thought sometime soon. Same. 
same <laughs> i'll be waiting a you long know. time still <laughs> you know relatable <laughs> Also, this another reason I didn't like this book, Cat Slander. There was Cat Slander, yes. Quite a the, bit of It's from the point of view of a dog. Okay, it's from the point of view of a dog. <laughs> it's from the point of view of a dog, but it was like really hardcore Cat Slander. Because there was other animals that the dog reacted in a dog-like way to. Yeah, Such yeah. as Bird. Like, and mm-hmm. But that wasn't Bird Slander, right? He was, Like, the dog was mean about no, the bird. No, because we all know birds suck. No, listen, (laughs) listen, the dog was mean about the bird, but the one bird, the the one bird, bird could talk and the the dog was like, the bird isn't talking, but But it didn't feel like the author hated, hated birds in general. He was was just like, like, this dog would hate the bird. Yeah. I think this author hates cats because (laughs) that was like the main thing that was like, that's why this guy is suspicious. He has a he cat. He smells like a cat. And I was fuck like, that guy. fuck all of this, actually. <laughs> oh. Yeah, this is a book for dog people. It was. It's, and it's, <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the fact that it was written from the point of view of a dog. No, no, no. But the thing is, the thing is, I love dogs. No, I, no, I think, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying the the, the point, the fact that the do- the book is written from the dog's point of view should make it obvious it's a dog right, book. Right, right. But I think there are dog people who are like, it, it's kind of like boy moms, right? Like there uh-huh. are moms of the boys. The hashtag toxic boy moms. Not, right. There's yeah. there's like moms of boys and they're chill. But then there's like yeah. boy moms and they're like fucking weird, right? They're they're like a, in love with their with their sons. Right. In a gross and it's gross. Way. Yes. And mm-hmm. like vaguely misogynistic, especially yeah. if they have Look daughters. up hashtag boy mom it's on not TikTok good. if you don't believe us. But this was this was like the equivalent of that. And I feel like this happens sometimes with dog media in general mm-hmm. where it's like there are dog people who are like people who like dogs and have dogs and are chill and cool. And there's like dog people who are who wanna, like who want to have a romantic relationship with their dog, right? And are like <laughs> and are like I hate cats. They're so gross because they're not dogs. They're you know. Not dogs. And I'm like, yeah. like it's okay to have a preference, but don't be rude about it. You know. There's no reason. Yeah. Although I guess it's not okay, not a perfect metaphor because it's not okay to have a preference about your kid's gender. Like, that's weird and fucked up. That is also really gross. Absolutely. I love the ones that are like, um, I have, I'm a mom to three boys, so I'll be surrounded by handsome men my entire life. Disgusting. Anyway. So upsetting. (laughs) 